Eric Lutz moving into the lead with a strong move. 100 meters remaining. Eric Lutz of the Dinos turning it on. Another episode of Dinos Unfiltered coming at you. Jeremy Lee, Max Sterling in studio. Hi. <laughs> You had a week to prepare, and that's what you come up with, Yeah, okay? exactly. Perfect. I was thinking about it for maybe 30 seconds, my intro. So It was a bit of a different weekend, hey? Like, you're done broadcasting, essentially. I know, for it stinks. I was so, season, yeah. so bored this weekend. Um, <laughs> were you? <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, at, at least I still have Volleyball Nationals coming up, but yeah, yeah it is weird to think about. Man, this is a weekend where nothing really happened in Dino Land, and we talked about it in the last podcast. Exactly. So we are, for today's episode, going to have an extended mass Singer update, because we have nothing else to talk <laughs> <That's> about. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you brought that up, I'll just quickly go there. Uh, quickly? Next, yeah. fi- next five minutes. <laughs> no, I, I, can, I can quickly go through that. Banana... There's there's a, a mass singer who's dressed up as a banana. I, there was a guess that it was Billy Bob Thornton. So I'm just throwing out some names in there. You might uh, you might enjoy this. There's a frog. My guess is Oscar De La Hoya. One of the clues was they alluded to the prince. Okay. And he's a very athletic guy. So hmm. um, there's a guy who dressed who's dressed up as a taco. I think it's. A chef of some sort, maybe like a Bobby Flay type. Okay, I could see that. So, um, and then there's a kitty, or a cat, I guess. A kitten? A kitten? Yeah. I think it's Katy Perry. So anyway, those are my guesses. You have no context whatsoever. Nope. But uh, I haven't watched a single minute <laughs> of this show. <laughs> For those of you that are, those are my guesses <laughs> at, to this point. So that's uh, Group B, Group B playoffs. For those keeping score at home. <laughs> this is what you get when there's no Canada West <laughs> yeah. action going on. Well, actually, that's not fair. There was Canada West action. It was just happening in different parts of Western Canada. So I actually did watch quite a bit, to be honest, Max. Of I was keeping track of uh, especially women's volleyball because yep. I was trying to see which teams might punch their tickets to nationals. And it turned out to be Trinity Western yep. and the University of Alberta Pandas. So... Pandas actually were in a quarter or sorry semifinal matchup against MRU, and they had to come on the road to Mount Royal to play a best of three, yep. and they pulled it off in three, which was uh, yeah, it's tough to do. I mean, I think Kenyon Court actually they they did a good job of creating a really buzzy environment, playoff environment. I was I was listening through. I, I wasn't really watching, but I was kind of listening. A little bit. And it sounded really loud in there. Yeah. Like, good energy throughout the whole game, which was good to see. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're kind of hoping to emulate that, if you will, for Nationals coming up. So, it'll be good. Yeah. How's your how's your new car holding up? Uh, Good. It is good. I've just no, got, no buyer's remorse? No, no, not, not really. I think the only buyer's remorse is just really, truly realizing how expensive having a car is mm, and like how ma- ma- maintaining it yeah maintenance gas washer fluid oil parking all this all these little things that just add up insurance that you know i haven't been privy to since since i became an, an adult right a man but i mean it, it no like 
and I was talking to my dad about this this morning that with a used car especially as well there's going to be little things that just pop up and that's already happened for me like I can't open the front I can't open the rear uh, driver's side door first because part of the uh, like the finishing on it is sticking out so if I open it it jams into the other door into the driver door into the driver door and then I've noticed that if I turn if I turn the driving wheel either way a little bit too quickly, yeah. it either starts to squeak or it's like there's little bits of plastic inside the turning. So you can hear like this little glittery sound in there. Hmm. Um, but beyond that, it's good. Drives well, hasn't blown up yet. So You're right. Well, it's one of those things where you don't really know until you drive around for a bit. It's the same with like buying a house. I remember yeah. going through that process and the house we're living in now, at the time we're looking at it, we're like, oh man, this is like perfect. Yep. Nothing's wrong with it. And then you move in you're like, it seems like every oh. other square inch on the floor is yeah. like squeaking. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. And then, you know, you do one thing a little bit differently one day and then you realize another problem. And, yeah. and, and you're totally right. Like when I test drove it, it was... You're like, this wasn't there. Five minute test drive. Yeah. Didn't notice any of it, but it is what it is. It's just, it's yeah. really fun to have a car. Um, yeah, all things aside. Yeah. yeah, all things aside. But yeah, beyond that, it's it's going to be weird because we obviously, like you said, broadcasting is over with. And the podcast, like we pr- probably have what, like a cup, just a couple more Might episodes be before down. Yeah, the summer break, like, you know, leading up to Night of the Dino and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Just, you know, basically just watching the Canucks plummet and that's all I have to look forward to. So, And my Red Wings are going for the number one overall You're draft. You're a Red pick. Wings fan? Oh, there we go. Oh, you poor soul. I was wow. looking at I was looking at Jimmy Howard. Yeah. He hasn't won since October 29th. He has two wins. He hasn't won since he put on a Red Wings jersey. I've never been a fan of Jimmy Howard, so. But isn't he been there for like 10 years? Yeah. And I was more of a there was that battle between him and Mrazek at some point too. Yeah. I was more on the Mrazek train, but wow. I've never been a Howard fan. Hmm. But poor soul. Well, we've, we've had our good, good time. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I can't complain too much. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So not like a, not like a Canucks fan anyway. Right. So <laughs> sorry, I won't throw, won't no, throw stones I mean, in the glass house. We, like we, we, I have a group chat back home. It's called Nux talk. And it yesterday, specifically after the Columbus game, we blew a three, one mm. lead, lost five, three. And now we're, basically one game away from being out of a playoff spot and yeah there were some brutal brutal takes going on in that group chat we were all so pissed but i mean it's not a good place to be either because you miss out on playoffs but you don't get a, a good, high draft yeah. pick oh being being it in the bubble is the worst, worst. Place to be. Yeah, yeah absolutely so i don't know it's really hard to say that i have confidence because markstrom's out for a while and not having Markstrom has kind of exposed that this team is really bad defensively and we can't rely on our offense to completely overtake the game. And and we got Louis Domingue, and I'm sorry, Louis, but, man, that was a rough debut. <laughs> you need, like, David Ayers or something like that, eh? Uh, yeah, anyone, honestly, anyone that can stop <laughs> a beach ball. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, beyond that, uh, Things are good. Any final thoughts before we send it over? Well, I did have one final thought. I want to get your take on it. Um, so I've just kind of been interacting with some people on Instagram, messaging and stuff like that. And Never a good idea. 
No, it's just or, like... Or are they like friends or something? Well, they're like fringe friends. They kind of know me, but like we don't really like chat too much. But, sure. Um, my Instagram handle has... It's like a play off my last name, but it's it could also be a first name. Like Lee is, uh, you know, could be a first or last name. So essentially, I guess I have two first names. Always a crowd pleaser. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's totally fair. Rachel Paul. Like Rachel Paul. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great example. So some some messages that I've gotten back have started out with, hey, Lee. And then like, thanks for the message or whatever. Right. And I'm just left in this awkward state of, is that the nickname that they've given to me? Or do they genuinely think that my first name is Lee. And what's your what's your Twitter handle? Or Instagram, I or guess. Yeah. It's uh Legacy. Oh right, Legacy. Yeah. So I I would say like not to to put blame, but I would say that's more on you than it is on the the guest. Is it? Just because like I don't know. I mean I guess if you click a pr- person's profile you see what first name what they name. have listed as their first yeah. or last name but it takes a click but it, but it's also it's also in like small print when you could just hit like their profile and hit the the message yeah. thing and then they see legacy for you at the top lee dot so like i think it's reasonable for people to think that your name is lee gacy or something like right. that and that you know maybe that's that's where those people are coming from but yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I don't, I don't know the well, I don't know them well enough to say hey. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. It's Jeremy. <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah. No. I there is one. I've been thi- called worse. So. There there is one thing I I can say. I mean, I won't get too specific, but the amount of times that I've been called Matt. Really. Oh yeah, to the point where I I do not correct people anymore. Like it's it's basically my my second name. Matt's a million. Yeah, Matt's a million. Yeah, so I I don't know. It, it like it used to bug me, but now it's just it's so ubiquitous. Whether it's with work, whether it's with random people, or like, you know, I'll meet someone and I'll try and like be like firm, like my name is Max, and then they're like Matt, pleasure to meet you. And I'm like, well, I I gave it a shot. So <laughs> it's such a mess, honestly. But I don't I don't have a problem with Matt. So you know, maybe maybe you I'll kind of look ch- like a Matt. You could pass as a Matt. Can I ask what like? makes you like i'm always curious like because i've done yeah because i've done that that too like i've done that all the time we're like oh yeah that guy looks like a trevor or something like that (laughs) but like how does that make sense like like for you what made you just say like yeah like you kind of look like a matt um i think it's all very personal like just people's personal experiences with certain people and but maybe there it's it's turned into a stereotype i don't know but Uh, the blonde hair and the beard. Yeah. Okay. I I know a Matt that's kind of like that too. Gets so. like surfer vibes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So learning something new. I think that's what it is. Like, there's no science behind this. At no. All. I'm just. Yeah. No. 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 It, it's and like you said. You've done the same thing. Too, yeah. A hundred percent. I. It's not. It's more just curiosity, like how that comes to be and how. You can be very confident, and it has with dogs or pets. It's just like, yeah, yeah like I, I, you know, like that that dog doesn't look like a Lilo. It's a terrible name. Yeah, it's like looks but, like a Larry. Yeah, exactly, Uncle Larry. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just weird. I I got nothing else to say beyond it. Just just strange. <laughs> well, on that note, um, I think we need to just we need to get out of this preamble. Yeah. <laughs>
But we have a tremendous interview coming up for you guys as Eric, as we now learned, Lutz. Eric Lutz and Osareme Omosen are joining us on the podcast. So excited for that. Those two were hilarious. It was great. Yeah, they were funny. They had lots of lots of good energy and positive positive sentiments. So yeah, it was a pleasure. All right. Well, good job by you, Matt. Oh, come on, dude. Okay. All right. Well, cheers. And cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, oh hello. That's not good. Yeah, that's gone. <laughs> not bad, yeah. I got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, tell me what fl- Jerry's know, struggling. It's disgusting. <laughs> tell me what flavors you were experiencing there. Um, rotten, rotten. Uh, oh, rotten fish. That was disgusting. <laughs> Did, was it pretty accurate? I honestly never had rotten fish. Yeah. I cannot corroborate that. But like, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> You've never had dead fish. Like, or, come on, oh, like, that's what it or is. whatever is that it is. The first time I feel like I said dead fish. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Sorry. No, no, that's okay. That's totally okay. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. And Eric, what'd you get? Berry blue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the, the toothpaste. toothpaste. It was yeah. fine. Yeah, it tastes okay. like some gum. I'm yeah, good. Exactly. That was nice. Exactly. <laughs> Eric Lutz and Osreme Amosin. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thanks yeah, for having us. We're doing a track and field segment this week. Max Sterling, Jeremy Lee. Yeah, we just survived that episode of Bean Boozled. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys obviously are going to nationals coming up in Edmonton. We'll chat about that in a little bit. But first off, I just wanted to get your guys' backstory on A, even first, how you got into track and field. I feel like that's a very, not obscure sport, but it's not mm-hmm. as popular as, say, like your typical Canadian, you know, your hockey or... Yeah, exactly. Even, yeah, soccer is pretty big here too. But. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I got into track in probably grade seven. Um, I I used to play soccer, and then there you go. I kind of that's usually the transition to middle distance distance running. Um, so I played soccer for a few years, and then just kind of fell out of it. And I knew I was good at running, so I got into running pretty naturally, and then that's where it all started. And I kind of just slowly picked away it. Like soccer wise, were you a midfielder or were you a striker? I think I was like defensive. I was so young. I was like twelve okay. at the time, so I don't really remember much about the sport. To be completely real with you, but right. but you knew you were doing a lot of running. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think it translates really well soccer to track, especially in the middle distance side. Um, you see a lot of um, soccer players at a young age come to track and do really really well. So it's kind of was a natural transition for me. I felt. How about yourself? Um, growing up, I was really never into sports. My parents are Nigerian, so they're always like, focus on your books, you know? Yeah, like, so it's all school, it. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't really, like, do any sports, and then I did, like, track for, like, a little bit in, like, middle school, and then I, like, became a sprinter in grade nine, and so I started training with a club throughout high school, and so, like, first year, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a sprinter, I'm going to try out, and so I, like, <laughs> go to Robbie, who's, like, the women's, like, uh, track and field coach, and I'm like, right. I'm going to try out, and so I, like, did the practice for a whole month here. 
And then he like sat me down. And he's like, unfortunately, you're uh, not going to make it. And I'm like, wow, thanks <laughs> for telling me this. But he's like, you could try out throwing. And I'm like, amazing. Should I like come to your practice tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, no, no. I already texted the coach. You're going there tomorrow. So oh. I tried throwing in my uh, first year. And it was like, all right. I scored a couple points at Can West. And then in my second year is when it, I kind of like got a little better at it. And it kind of took off. Right. And so that's what I'm doing this year. I'm going to Nationals for a shot and wait. For throwing, so, yeah. Yeah, it should be a party. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly did they say like that you weren't going to make the team? Like, um, I just wasn't wise. fast enough. Yeah, there was so many girls that were like oh. so fast and like mm. looking back at my times, I'm like rough. Like <laughs> that definitely wouldn't have cut it. Like honestly, I don't even think I would have made like training roster with like that time this year because like the girls are so competitive now. So here's the thing though. So I hate doing this, but, but you're going to do jump, it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but I don't want to jump into the fan mail, but I am. <laughs> um, no, but sources have told me that in your first year of testing, you had one of the fastest 40 times? Um, like, for a first year, maybe. But, like, overall, I don't think so. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty fast, though. 40 times. Like, what was your best 40 time? Honestly, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But, like, looking back, it's, like, nothing, like, remarkable. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just, like, that year that it, like, looked better on paper. But, like, <laughs> wasn't that good. <laughs> and for you, Eric, how did you even settle on the distance that you're running at now i mean you, you said you could you yeah know, you're good at running but it's like how do you even narrow that down from like the shorter 100 meter distance or even longer like 3000 yeah meters? so i think something like people don't really understand about track with the distance to sprint side is sprint takes like a lot of genetic ability like you're kind of you're a talented sprinter and like that translates really easily whereas like if you don't really have that like genetic power it's harder to do as well so for me um, you don't I, look like you're saying bold. No, exactly. <laughs> so I was kind of predisposed to the distance side naturally just based uh, okay. on body type mm. and the way I ran, I guess. Um, on top of that, I my mom used to put me in um, like fun runs and stuff, and usually they're not 100-meter sprints. They're like more three right. kilometers mm. and five kilometers, et cetera. So yeah, that's kind of – Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's initially how I got in, and then I saw some success in those right. and saw maybe my ability through those ones, and then – I slowly started training and got into the sport at more of a competitive level through a track club. Right, but specifically on the 1,000 and the 1,500? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, no, not – so the 1,000 is more of like a collegiate event or varsity event for Canada. Um, So when I first started, I was mainly running the 800 meter. Oh, okay. And so I've kind of progressed my way from the 800 meter to now I feel like my favorite event is the 15 at this point. Mm. And who knows, maybe I'll progress higher as I go. So the thing with distance is – for example, to run a fast 1500, you have to be able to run a fast 800. So that you kind of have to progress up through the events. So for me, by the end of my career, I might be a 5K runner, even though right now I'm a 1500 runner. Right. So there's like a progression you kind of go through because the more years of running, the stronger you get and the more, the more kind of favored you get towards the, high, uh, the longer events. Right. That like makes that. sense. Yeah. 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 And what is it about the 15 in particular that you call it your favorite um i think it's like a really exciting event um there's a lot of like tactics that come into track and field especially like middle distance racing that people i don't think understand you're not just like racing and running as hard as you can you know you have to put yourself in positions you have to react to other people and there's a lot that comes down to it on the mental side and the tactical side and i think the 1500 is kind of one of those events that's historically a very um a very tactical event and there's so many ways it can be run and so many ways people can kind of test you, I guess. So it's kind of exciting and it's kind of thrilling. So that's why I like it. It's exciting to watch too. <laughs> yeah. 
What, and throwing's not? I, I, throwing's great. Throwing's great. <laughs> Always number one, but I mean, like, I feel like a close second is, like, some of the distance races, because it's, yeah. like, so much could, like, happen in, like, mm-hmm. a couple of, like, minutes there, and you're like, what the heck just happened? The guy went from, like, last to first. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we garner more interest for the throwing sports, then? Um... I feel like when you watch it at like a world championships and stuff like that, mm. for example, if like shot put in like the hundreds going on, probably wouldn't happen like that. But let's say yeah. they're always going to put the one, the hundred on before shot put. And so I feel like if we, on the events that are even televised, just getting more of the throwing events that are actually being televised. And I know a couple of our meets, we would be throwing and then pole vault would be like warming up, for example, and they would like show warm ups right. compared to like us actually competing. So just actually showing the event would be a great place to start. Right. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, this might be a silly question, but I have to ask it because I'm sure everyone has some kind of experience with throwing something ridiculous. I I, I have a couple stories about my dad throwing TVs, but we won't won't get in there. So I'm kind of curious, what is the the weirdest object that you've thrown a furthest distance? Or is that just something we should just cut right now? (laughs) Uh, I'm like trying to think and I like honestly can't even think of anything. Maybe I just had a weird childhood. Yeah, yeah, honestly, nothing really comes to mind. Like, probably, like, after this interview, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I threw, like, my sister. (laughs) No, but, you know, I don't know. In the moment, I can't think of anything. No no worries. I'll say, I just recycled a a TV. I should have just got Osramia to come (laughs) over. Yeah, just toss it. Exactly. And for you, Eric, what is the furthest distance you've had to run in a life situation? Um, like life or death, or well, just like that, that it was useful in your life. Um, I can't say that a lot of my running has been out of necessity. A lot of my running is training based. That's why we don't do it yeah, right yeah, back. Exactly, um, exactly. I think the longest I've run is twenty eight k for like training, long run. Um, but again, most of my running, I would say, purely training based. You can't even say for pleasure, Eric. No, I love running. Yeah, okay, you can. Okay, yes, you can. I do really oh, enjoy okay. it. <laughs> Because that was the thing we were trying to figure out last time we did a co- oh we did the cross country yeah. pod, we were trying to figure out why. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that when you first start running, it's really really difficult, and you kind of have to get to that point where you have a level of fitness that you can run semi smooth or comfortable. Mm. And once you can get that, you get there's this thing called a runner's high, yeah. um, mm. and it it really is a thing. Like you know when you're doing training, long run stuff like that, you it just. It's kind of, it's almost yeah it's just like a high that you get and it's it's kind of indescribable you just have to experience I guess and I think it comes with getting used to running and I think that it's kind of one of those things where getting over that first bump is the hardest part and then once you get over that you can start to see kind of the mental benefits and it's like a kind of a form of therapy mm-hmm. when you're like going out there running it's like time to yourself time to reflect time to think about your goals whatever so it's it's, it's very enlightening. I'll accept that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing a quote about running that it, it's when something like this, like running sucks until it doesn't. Is that fair to say? I was, like just yes. based on what you said? I agree. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, it's going to suck for a while then. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Jeez. I'm just curious how both you guys ended up at the UFC. I mean, you guys are both from Calgary, but you know, were you tempted to go to different places? Were you thinking down in the States, out East or, yeah. or was it always local for you guys? Um, I definitely applied to like a couple schools out East and I was like very interested in going to like a mm. particular one, but just like 
comparing like the cost versus like benefit, I was like, it's like more economical to like stay at home, and it's like basically the same career opportunities like post grad as like if I go out east. Um, and then like even thinking back, like it's honestly like a really good thing that I ended up going to UC because I probably wouldn't co- like continue to track if I went out east anyway. That's crazy. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It really changed like the the trajectory of everything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think like every athlete in Canada has the goal of going NCAA and. I definitely at one point wanted to go that way as well. Um, But if I'm looking back now, I'm like very happy with where I am. And I think a lot of people go to NCAA and it's a a tough place to grow. Like it's very strict. Like um, the training is completely different than here in in Canada. And they're kind of like grooming you to be the best. And there's only a few guys that can be the best. So they take 100 guys and if five of them make it through, they're happy. So a lot of people go down there that are really talented and get overworked and overtrained, mm-hmm. and they end up not actually, like, I guess, fulfilling their potential. Hmm. So I think sometimes when you, it's maybe a slower growth process here in Canada, but I'm happy with myself staying, and I think um, there's a lot of people that have stayed that have seen success as well. That, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, like, a bunch of, like, you can think of, like, Olympians that have, like, mm-hmm. stayed in, like, the U sports system who yeah, have done, yeah. like, great, so. Yeah, and yeah. A, a lot of people have excelled in the NCAA, but a lot of people get broken, too. Yeah. So if you <laughs> don't get broken, you might excel, but a lot more people than, a lot more people break than succeed, it seems like. Totally, yeah. So. Yeah, um, yeah Eric, I just wanted to quickly touch on, um, you're actually coming back from a back injury or yes. like the recovery process of it all. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So last, last winter in December, I broke my back, um, in an ATV accident. Um, <laughs> so I was out for like three months and a bit. Um, so I started running last March. Um, but, uh, no, it was a really, as much as it doesn't seem like it was, it was actually like a really good thing for me cause it gave me a lot of balance in my life outside of track and field and running and, I started to find out what I want to do educationally and just in my life as a whole, right? So it definitely gave me balance, and I had a really good outdoor season post-back break, and it just it's kind of transformed me into a more well-rounded person. So, But that's like one of those injuries where you're like, man, mm-hmm. I can't even move right now. I can't even train, really. Yeah, I wasn't – I was like three months completely off. I couldn't do anything. Um but uh, like I said, it gave me an opportunity to step because I think sometimes when you get caught up in a sport, um, you're training so much and you're so busy with school, yeah. athletics, and whatever else, um, you kind of like don't see the big picture sometimes. Yeah. So for me, it gave me a chance to step back. Um, away from the day-to-day. Exactly. Yeah. Away from being so busy and not be able to train at all and right. use all that time that I usually was training for to kind of, yeah, like reflect and figure out, okay, where else do I want to succeed in life? Did you ever have those thoughts of like, how, how's my performance going to be when mm-hmm. I come back? I think, and that's another thing that changed for me a lot, was the way I viewed track and field and the okay. way I viewed athletics, period, is I, before there was so much pressure to do well and, oh, like, I need to do this, I need to do that, and I was doing it for other people almost mm. because, like, you know, you want to you wanna do well and you want to impress others and this and that. But when I came back, I kind of realized that none of that mattered and I had to do it for fun, and I started enjoying the sport more. I started enjoying training, racing, and every other aspect of it. And it actually resulted in me running a lot better and competing a lot well, a lot better as well, just because with enjoyment came success. So slash, you're maybe handling pe- pressure differently too. Exactly. Eh? Yeah. Well, rather than rather than like having that negative pressure of like, am I going to do bad? I have that pressure of I'm excited. I want to do well, and I'm hoping for the best. But like, it's more of an excitement thing rather than a pressure thing because I think pressure kind of has a negative side to it. Right. 
So, yeah. And for those 90 days, what kept you sane? Because obviously you're, you're so used to just being active and doing all that stuff. FIFA. And, yeah, FIFA. Oh, FIFA. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> um, definitely the first couple of weeks was pretty tough. Um, but then, like I said, I kind of, I started to focus more on school and mm. I started kind of looking at things and from another lens, I guess, and seeing, okay, where can I, like running, I kind of realized that running and track and field and such is, it's not everything, and there's so much more to life than that, and there's such a bigger world outside of it. So I kind of figured out how I was going to make my impact in other things other than running, I guess. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> While we're on this topic mm-hmm. of, I guess, seeing the sport through a different lens and all that, um, you guys are obviously preparing for nationals coming up in Edmonton. And do you guys prepare for that differently? Being that it's like on the national stage now, you, you're seeing guys from out east versus the the same folk that you'd always run with. Uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> but that you'd normally compete against in the Canada West, right? I think it it doesn't really change too much um, because with like track and field, it's very it's an unpredictable sport. Um, no matter who it is you're competing against, is just as likely to win as you. So I think you have to come into every event. I guess respecting all of your competition, whether you've beat them before or not. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, the nationals. There's definitely a little bit more pressure, and there's definitely it's a bigger stage, and um, there's athletes that maybe are at a higher caliber. But I think you kind of do what has worked for you in the past, and you just stick to what you know. I guess so. Not really. I don't think. What about you? <laughs> um, I think for us, like volume goes down, like lifting yeah. wise and like throwing wise. And then, like, our coach started doing this new thing where we, like, don't measure our throws. So we're just like, oh, it felt good. And he's like, yeah, that's good. Then <laughs> We don't, like, measure anything. And so it definitely kind of takes the pressure off that week mm. before because you're not focusing on the distances or, like, oh, I had a crummy practice or, like, oh, I threw so great. I'm going to, like, beat the competition. You're just kind of focusing on, like, does it feel good? If it feels good in the circle, then it's probably going to go far. So mm. that kind of really helps you going forward. I guess you're not putting a label on things or putting a number behind things, right? Exactly, yeah. Oh, okay. And, like, I feel like in track it's so easy to, like, quantify yourself, mm-hmm. especially with, like, throwing people. Yeah. you can like have a throwing PB like in practice that is like bigger than your competition PB. I'm not sure about like running yeah. type thing, but yep. like it, and it's so easy to kind of like get like caught up in the numbers and be like, Oh, I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. a, a 14 meter girl. And you like get yeah. all <laughs> caught up in it. And then you go to competition and you like do really poorly. And then you kind of like start to measure yourself with these numbers. And so I guess like for nationals, it's really good to kind of forget about that and just kind of focus on like feeling good and like executing your throw. So yeah. what's it like competing in the butter dome? Honestly, it's we joke and say it's like our home track because really? <laughs> yeah, because like our circle is not the best here in Calgary. We do have like one of those movable circles, and they have like a pretty nice concrete one. I've like PB'd on that circle, so it's kind of our <laughs> for throwers for throwing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the butter dome. Like I've raced on it for a long time, and I think it's one of the better tracks in Canada. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, it's just they made it really well that like the big thing with indoor track is the corners are tighter. Um, so Butterdome just did it really well where they made it wide enough that it's the corner doesn't feel like a 200-meter track, okay. which allows you to go a lot faster. Right. So mm-hmm. I really like the Butterdome. On the flip side, where was the toughest place you've had to come Yeah, what's the within, worst? Within sports? Um, I feel like for me it would be U of S just because, like, the circle, it's, like, really slow. And, like, this is, like, my second – actually, like, I've done throwing for like two and a half years now. And so I yeah. didn't really understand what it means to like have a slow circle until like this year. And what it's does like, that mean? 
because um, it's like more, it's like grittier. And so when you try to do like your turns, your foot kind of gets like caught on like the grit of right. the circle because mm-hmm. it's a concrete circle. And so you really have to like work it every time, like for weight throw, for example, not really like um, in third shot because I'm a glider, right. but like for weight throw, you really have to like work it and like it feels like you're literally pushing like so hard and then like you throw, you're like, that's all it was? Like that's crazy. Right. So hmm. yeah, definitely an interesting circle to throw on. But like, again, like Edmonton, like the circle there is so nice and right. fast. So be smoother. Yeah. 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 Um, for myself, uh, honestly, I would say, yeah, Saskatoon, where we just compete in, um, it's, it's just a very tight track. The corners, it makes it feel like you're going a lot faster than you are. Um, so I'd say mm. last weekend, probably, at Kent West. So you um, thought you had, like, a faster time, and then you looked at it, and you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. it, you felt like you, you feel like you have to work a little harder on the corner right. to keep, keep grip, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think the familiarity with Butterdome is going to be an advantage to a lot of our team because we've all competed there for a, yeah, quite a few years. One of the topics we love to chat about on here is the idea of trash talking and <laughs> how much of that goes on in your respective events. Um, I would, like, I am very against it, to be completely okay. honest. Okay. Um, just in terms of, like, like with track and field, like, I don't know. You, you really are, like she was saying, it's very quantifiable. Everyone's a number. Everyone knows where they are um, in terms of their number. Um, and I just think... It's better to be humble whether you're winning or losing. Um, and I just think it's just a sport where everyone deserves respect, I guess. I don't know. So you don't see it as much, at least, I don't know, in the distance side, I think. Or at least I prefer Right. Like, I can't even fathom <laughs> talking and running at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> running's <Yeah>. hard enough. <laughs> no, there's definitely not a lot of talking when you're yeah. racing. Um, yeah, no. Definitely. Same with throwing? Um, I feel like throws are like all the girls are super close like every time i see them at the first meet like sled dog or sanderson we're always like hugging like mm-hmm. talking about like what happened mm-hmm. to you how's it going like it's honestly like throwing is such a party like i literally know all those girls i have like no beef with anybody and i think like because it's like one of those sports where you're like you're not really throwing for a lot of the time like probably in the whole competition I'm throwing for, what like five minutes in total yeah. because we're waiting around for so long so you just kind of develop like really good relationships with all these girls because you're just like hanging out for so much of the time that you're there and like even a lot of like athletes who maybe do like multiple events like who are like multi-athletes so like come to the throwing side and like compete with the open girls and they're like oh my gosh this is like a totally different vibe like everyone's so nice like we cheer on our like competitors like when they go in the circle like mm-hmm. you know so yeah <laughs> i think when it comes to the competition people are very like strict and very like you, you do what you have to do right. but yeah. when it comes to off the track i think camaraderie or off the track or circle or mm-hmm. whatever um i think the camaraderie is like a really important part of it yeah um so yeah with your event that you talked about, there's just so much downtime. Yeah. <laughs> how do you stay? How do you stay loose? I mean, we talked to some wrestlers who, <laughs> you know, they've had to have extended periods of break times as well. And some people listen to Justin Bieber. Some people do whatever. Like, what do you do to 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 stay in the zone to kind of stay where you need to be? Um, I think for me. It's a lot about like making competition kind of like your practice because I feel like for me, I throw best when I'm like relaxed and I'm like not stressed out and stuff like that. And like I know I can kind of get to that relaxed state when I'm like talking to my friends and like having a good time and like in, in between those throws. But at the same time, like remembering that like when like it's your turn, like th- you're like three people away that you kind of have to like focus. And for me, like I'm a Christian, so like it's all about like my faith and like focusing on that. But it's mm. also about like having 
um, yeah, just like good relationships with people. And then when there's like a lot of downtime, just talking with people, trying to have a good time while you're there and not trying to get too like stressed. Cause when you get stressed, your body gets tight and stuff mm. like that. So yeah, I also like some high, uh, some jumps as well. <laughs> Put them in there. Like I'm ready to go. I'll just do a couple like quick jumps there. I know some of my teammates do some like clap pushups on the ground. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you clap pushups, Eric? I do not know. <laughs> no, no pushups for me. <laughs> how, how about you? How do you stay loose? Um, for me, uh, that, that's the thing like I feel like with track like it's so individualized and like everyone has their little routine their little like exactly that's why I'm strategy. asking you so for me <laughs> for Eric Lutz um, personally for me I guess like if you're listening to Bieber I want to hear I about listen it. to so yeah I have a Eminem gets me fired okay. up so I have an Eminem playlist yeah. that I listen to during my like dynamic drills okay so for half of my warm-up I have that what, um, so that's what, probably the only unique thing what's your favorite M song out of curiosity um like, and this might be a trick question. Out of, like, oh. pure, <laughs> out of pure, like, gets me fired up, I want to say lose yourself. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a staple. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's just because I listened to it as a kid so much when I write, so it's almost like this thing that's, like, deeply ingrained in me, and at the moment mm. I listen to it, it gets me, like, nervous and hyped up. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And when you guys travel, you guys are in such a big group of people and different, you know, doing different events and stuff like that. So do you have any funny travel stories that you can share on the, on this podcast because i'm sure like whether it's you know pranks or good team dinners or whatever it may be so i'm kind of curious what first comes to mind for you guys yeah sure i i have one yeah. um <laughs> so in my first year we were going down to idaho for a cross-country meet um and we had went to fusion the sushi place oh yeah where you can get all you can eat oh. um and you can get the fish like the full fish kind of thing with the yeah. head on yeah so we got one of those with our all you can eat brought it home and I packed from it. from yeah, Idaho. From no, Fusion, yeah. <laughs> and like I don't know why we did it. There was just this idea of we're gonna bring it to Idaho. We're gonna get it across the border and mess with someone. <laughs> um, so I brought it in my bag. We like smuggled across the border, um, and then I like I think I I want to say we heated it up in the microwave, oh my God. and then we like <laughs> we like laid it in um, one of our roommates' beds. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that was. That was interesting. I think it made for a fun kind of start of the trip. So, yeah. See, what what you were ingesting at the start of this show, Osremi, the, the rotten fish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, what, that's, what his, that's what Eric's teammate was laying in. Yeah. yeah. I can't oh. ask this. Yeah. It was Evan. Oh, yeah, no. Evan, much. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it was funny. That's funny. Um... Uh, like when we were coming back, I think it was like Panda or whatever. So like the beat before Can West. Right. The, we did take two buses up there because like there's like the training roster people and like club people that come with us as well. So me and one of my teammates, Alexis, we like got on the first bus there. And um, so we're like going down, like down the street in Edmonton. And it's like a bumpy ride. And we're like, what the heck is going on? Like literally like things are falling out of people's seats. We're like, what is going on? Why is this like ride yeah. so bumpy? So we're like, maybe it's like the road he took because it's like a different road we're taking back. And so we like get on the highway and we were, people are like flying all over the place. Like uh, my teammate Alexis, like her head literally hit the ceiling of the bus. It was oh, absolutely man. insane. The, I don't even know what was happening with the bus. I think I think what it yeah, yeah. I was on the bus too, and it was bad. It was, it was you were on this bus too. Yeah, yeah. It, was like, it got to the point where I, he had to like break because yeah. we were going just, like, and so he pulled over and I he forgot to put like air in the suspension what? or something. <laughs> oh like, my god! So literally no suspension. No suspension. We were just like slamming. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So uh, you'd think that would be his first check, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Edmonton's like pothole city, right? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. yeah it was oh, bad. It yeah. was like 
We thought the bus was falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the first couple of times it was like so funny because I like stopped myself in it's so like I'm not going anywhere and I'm like still falling all over yeah. the place. I'm like what? And is the going road on? was like flat and we were like, yeah. what is happening yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. Then after the concussions it was no longer funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like four people go to campus. <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. oh my god. <laughs> you wanna switch over to a little fan mail slash rapid fire? Yeah, sure. So, Eric, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, doing a little bit of uh, digging on you. You're a big fan of Portland, the city of Portland. Mm. Yes. So I just have a two-part question for you. What is it about Portland that you love so much? And secondly, have you seen the show Portlandia? Um, I, the thing I like about Portland is uh, the Portland Track Festival. There's yeah. like a really, really good race down there. Yeah. Um, so love that. I have not seen Portlandia. Oh, okay. What is it? Uh, it's it's like a it's it's like comedy sketches that are based in, in and around Portland and okay. how like hipster the city is and stuff. Ah, it's see. it's amazing. You yeah. would like it. Yeah, strongly recommend. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Osremi, um, I need to ask you about your low pitched hype voice. <laughs> Um, I don't know. She just comes out once in a while, you know, we'll be having like, it's really tired of like the four by four, you know, those girls like need some encouragement. So it's like, come on. <laughs> I heard there's a lot of, yeah. 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 <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Like I remember there was like this one practice like a couple months ago and like everybody was just throwing absolute bombs. We're like, what the heck is going on? Like, like it was like crazy. I think like we had like so many like practice PBs there. It was like absolutely insane. And so it's like the last like round of our like practice there. And so like, one of my teammates like throws like an absolute like like just huge throw yeah. and we're in the Jack Simpson we practice in the cor corner there we're just like like yelling it's just the girls and the guys are like what the heck is going on and we're like come on let's go like, wow <laughs> and then it like it just kept on going because I don't know no one stopped it and so we're like going on for like at least like two minutes in the Jack and it's like kind of busy like there's people sure. like looking on like taking out their headphones like what's going on <laughs> and we're like all these like poor girls are like come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> Can I make a special request? Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> Women's Volleyball Nationals is happening yeah, in the so Jack. Yeah, really hyped for that. You're going to be there. Yeah, we are. I need to hear 100%. some of those, uh, yeah. those low-pitch hype. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We're going to be there, like, I don't even know, first okay. game when the dinos come yeah. out. Come on, ladies, yeah. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I literally lost my voice last week at Canvas, and, like, it was gone for the entire, like, last week, because, like, Relays just, like, takes it out of you, like, honestly. Yeah. Cause you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be like normal and like say it, and then like it's like getting tight. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> and like honestly, I feel like it doesn't even help. Like, do you guys like hear us yelling? No, it's completely tune it out. Yeah, but it's ex it's exciting to see, and I think like that's the cool thing about relays <laughs> is like they'll like all the tracks will like or all the um the universities like line the outside of the track yeah. and like have right. like hundred people on the corner and it's just it's very exciting very hype so yeah that's awesome it's easy like to get carried away this one's for both of you not as funny but i just wanted to get your perspective on you know people see you know eric you winning your gold medals and australia you just you just keep besting your own records um but what element of training is like the most grueling for you guys that people don't see and I expect different answers because you guys, you know, have different mm -hmm. results. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it's because, like, we measure a lot of our throws. I was kind of talking about this earlier. And mm -hmm. so, like, you'll maybe have, like, a meet coming up and, like, the distances are, like, not there. Or, like, maybe they are and, it like, technically, it, like, doesn't feel good. And it's kind of hard to, like, kind of keep 
like keep your confidence up and when you go into the meetings and like hey like I can do well even though I've had like maybe like three bad practices in a row right. like it, your practices don't define how you compete and so I think that's like something I've definitely like developed over like these like last like two and a half years it's just like learning how to like kind of leave your practice behind and then get out there and just like compete and like throw far and like throw hard um but yeah definitely can get discouraging right. to sometimes when it's like not going well but so for you it's a mental thing hey? yeah, yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> Um, I think with like with distance running, um, the the hardest part is creating a routine and of like consistency with with you know training, um, like rolling, stretching, like all those recovery things, rehab, core strength. Like there's a there's a big picture that goes into it. Right. Um, and I think the yeah the hardest part is just getting a routine that covers all those every piece of it. I guess. Right. Um, so I think that's the hardest part. I think once you have it, um, it's a lot easier. But I think forming those habits is like probably the hardest part about distance running and then also just being optimistic to the idea that you know you you're not going to see results in a year or even like six months year like it's like the the long-term consistency over years and years of training and that's where you mm. get to the place where you may be happy with it so i think just staying optimistic staying persistent and staying consistent are the hardest things about track for a distance mm. runner 100%. The practice yeah. like, doesn't any, end anyone. when you go yeah. home. You got to exactly. ice, roll out, like stretch. Like I really didn't do a lot of that stuff mm. up until like kind of the end of this year. Like the and recovery my body, side of things. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Okay. And my body was like hurting and like my knees were like, <laughs> they felt like so bad and like actually started doing that. I'm like, wow, a concept. Like I don't feel like trash. Like after every practice, this right. is amazing. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially at bigger beats, you're going to be competing, you know, on back-to-back days, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's definitely like it's the longevity of your body, and the the more you can push it, the for the longer you can push it, the better athlete you're gonna be. So I think that consistency and recovery is very very important. Yeah. So yeah. Quick question for you, Erica. You were drug tested earlier this season, right? Yes. What? Yeah. And yeah. and so <laughs> I I'm super curious about this. Like, can you just tell us a little bit of what that whole process looked like and yeah. why? Um, like, was it after like a really good performance or what happened there? So. It's like the, the drug testing like organization, they, they'll pick like meets or events that they just randomly drug test. Um, so at Golden Bear. Like TSA random? Um, yeah, honestly. Yeah. It was a little weird because I got tested both days. So I was like, how is that random? So I got tested after the 3K at Golden Bear, and then I got tested after the 1500 really at Golden good, Bear. Like, 3K I had like some good races, yeah. but... It was supposed to be, I don't know, it was supposed to be random. Yeah. We got tested twice in a row. So, um, yeah, Golden Bear. So it's like you finish your race, yeah. um, a guy comes up to you and says, um, you've been, like, randomly selected for um, a drug test. Yeah. Um, and you can't leave his site until yeah. you provide a sample. Yeah. So, you know, you're trying to cool down, get kind of relaxed after your race. And on top of it, you have this, like, pressure of you have to go pee in a cup in front of some guy. Yeah. And it's like... It's not just, like, they give you the cup, you go in and do your thing. Like, they, like, watch you, yeah. like, oh directly. Man. So it's, like, a very pressure-filled situation. <laughs> honestly, it was, like, there was more pressure in More so than the actual cup. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Honestly, really? getting that sent, it took me, because it, it's, it may not seem like it's that hard, but, like, once they tell you you have to, and they're sitting there, like, staring directly at you. Well, you can't really do it change, on command, exactly. right, either. Like, <laughs> And that was the first time I've ever done it, the one night, and it took me... Took me three or four hours to do it. What? Like not of consistent oh. trying, but like three or four, like a three or four. <laughs> just standing like, over there. Three or four hours. Were no. you hungry? Like oh, I was hungry. I wanted to get the dishes. Yeah. Like <laughs> and when I finally got it done, like it was the biggest relief of the day. Like 
Um, oh and then the next day I did it in like an hour and a half. So. I guess you were well trained the day before. Yeah, right? so. exactly. So, oh, but my sources were also telling me that you were super paranoid, even to the point where you're double checking the seasoning on your chicken. Is oh that no! no. <laughs> is, that, is that a different event? So that was the same. But I like so I pulled out chicken because like I was hungry in that four hour wait. Oh, okay, I was hungry, hour, and okay. I pulled out chicken from my bag, and the guy came up to me and asked if I made it myself. And like, there's a bunch of like they. You're not allowed to just like go rummage through your bags. Like you have to, they have to like see everything you're doing. So I wasn't paranoid about it. More he was. Mm-hmm. So he's like, if gotcha. you cook that for yourself, you can eat it. But if someone else cooked that, you can't eat that. So there's a lot of like protocol that wow. goes into it as well. That was wow. added a lot of pressure as well to it. Yeah. Was it the same guy that drug tested you the first day then the next? So like the same guy came up to me, but I got a new tail is what they call it. Right. So two different guys got to watch me. So Amazing. Pleasure, I guess. Honestly, yeah. like in second year, I was like, I didn't want to like get drug tested, but I was like, if it happened, mm-hmm. like I'm ready, you know, like yeah, I was really yeah. not calm. I was like drinking water. Cause I had like two big PBs. So I'm like mm-hmm. looking over my shoulder, like yeah, what's yeah. going to happen? And like, they never came. And I'm like, what the heck do these people even exist? Like, and that's the other thing. You're not allowed to, you're only allowed to drink. I think it's three water bottles. Or you become too diluted, and then if you give an impartial, you have to redo it. Right. So I think the guy was telling me that the longest he'd waited for someone was eight hours. That's wow. Because they just couldn't get it done. Right. And you just they, you can't leave the facility until yeah. you provide it. Oh my god. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Um, yeah. So last question for you guys. Then thank you for taking the time to do this. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. Um, if you had to be an emergency fill-in for an event that you're not currently training for working towards what would it be oh my gosh wait, i really gotta think about this <laughs> i like, do yeah <laughs> um i would i would have to say myself any sprint event just because it correlates the best you okay. know i don't think i could do the throws the, there's too much technical <laughs> side to the throws jumps that, that i i wouldn't even be able to i don't know get a number up for them so i think i'd have to say maybe you know the technique behind running, right? Yeah. I guess, but that's kind of an unfair. I'll say, we'll say outside of running for me. We'll say. I think if I had to pick a field event, yeah. I would go for long jump. Because I feel like I could maybe, that, that's okay. what I could do. Okay. Yeah. The best shot at. Yeah. <laughs> for you, it has to be a running one. Oh, dang. Okay, that really, like, eliminates all my options, Led. <laughs> I would, okay, like, I'm thinking of two of them, like, either the 600 or, like, randomly, like, the 4x2 with the finish. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, like, the last person on the 4x2. The anchor, so you yeah. kind of get, like, the photo with, like, the baton. <laughs> yeah. With the time, and then you get on, like, the Dino's Instagram page. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Quick plug there. But, like, <laughs> like, the 600, I don't know. I see that, I feel like that seems like a fun event. Yeah. Like, I mean, not fun to, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe, like, not fun to... I race? think the longer you go, the harder it'll be. Yeah. But the short, yeah. But it'd be fun. I mean, I really can't say the 60 or like the 300 because I ran both of them and my times were trash. Like, I was <laughs> bad. Yeah. yeah, like, <laughs> I would get lapped, but like a 300, like, imagine that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this, guys, and best of luck to you both uh, this coming weekend. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so thanks so much for having us. <laughs> This episode of Dinos Unfiltered is a presentation of Dinos Athletics. Episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our website, godinos.com. Make sure to check out the website or the Go Dinos app available on Apple and Android 
for schedules and tickets to all of your favorite teams and games. If you can't make it out to the game, remember that our games can be streamed on Canada West TV, presented by Co-op. Thanks to my special guest today, and thanks to you for tuning into the episode. We'll see you for the next one.